0: My Colorado swag, cause when I'm in it play I don't really, I don't really know just how to act And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad Hollin' to the Buffs with my Colorado Sway.
1: My Colorado swag Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Colorado Rugby. I'm Henry Chisholm and today's going to be a little bit shorter show. Um, Not a whole lot of news going on. Um... Just to update what news we're expecting, uh, the Buffs are still without an inside linebackers coach, still without a tight ends coach. Carl Durrell said Friday that they're getting close to having a linebackers coach um, figured out and announced. Um, he also said that about the strength coach position, and then it took, like I-, I think, over a week for them to announce the strength coach. So who knows if there were like hitches there or if that's just kind of what... Soon means, Um, but that should be right around the corner. He didn't, I don't think, give an update on the tight ends coaching job, at least a time frame. Um, So that is still on the way. Uh, But those are the two final pieces of Carl Durrell's second coaching staff with Colorado. And I think he said that he hopes to have them figured out by, I think he said this week. So that'll be coming at some point. Uh, Buffs have some big games Thursday against Arizona State Saturday against Arizona, and then Monday against Oregon State. Um, we're going to be digging into all of those later in the week. Um, that's also when I'm expecting to get these announcements. So it's going to be kind of chaotic for those last couple of days. Today, though, enjoying having a, a pretty light podcast. Um, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to start off just quickly with a couple more of my thoughts about that basketball game. And I know that doesn't sound light at all, but we we did the post-game show um, after McKinley Wright had spoken with the media. But Tad Boyle said some things, too, that I was interested in, and that was while we were doing the show. Um, and So now that I've had a chance to read those. I do have a couple more thoughts. We're going to hit on those in the first segment, and then after that we're going to get into a bunch of Pac-12 football power rankings. Um, There were a whole bunch of them that actually just came out. Um, And in uh, getting ready for this show, I just, you know, do what you do. You Google Colorado Buffaloes, make sure nothing crazy happened that you missed, and you Google Pac-12 because, again, don't want to be missing anything before you jump on the podcast. What I found when I Googled Pac-12 was a story by Arizona Central, AZ Central, that was basically recapping um four different power rankings that came out this week. Um and so I want to run through those because you're not going to be surprised to hear this, but it turns out a lot of the media does not think that the Colorado Buffaloes are going to be very good. Um not sure when the last time that wasn't true was. Seems like it it's been a while. Um but yeah, we're going to run through some interesting power rankings. Um, and then maybe I'll give mine too. But uh, that's kind of the plan for today. Uh, the only real piece of news is that Luke Horn, a a linebacker, uh, who was a freshman, a walk on freshman this year, has entered the transfer portal. Um, I don't know why. Um, whether it's to get closer to home, whether to find more playing time, whether, who knows? Maybe like he broke up with his girlfriend on campus and then has to, I don't know. Anything could have happened. I'm not concerned about that. Um, From like a buff's perspective in terms of like, are they losing a bunch of players? Are people not buying into Carl Durrell? Like I, and there's nothing there. I don't think, or at least there's no reason to think there's something there. I will say Luke Horn um, seemed like a good guy. Seems like a good family and wish him the best. Um, wherever he winds up before we get into a couple of these notes on that basketball game, um, which I, I promise you, I will do my best to keep them brief because that is the game that nobody wants to think about. It is kind of like a breath of fresh air after the Nolan Arenado trade. But honestly, now I feel bad for even bringing that up too. Um, first though, want to say a couple words about our presenting sponsor, Colorado Rugby. Um, There are really cool things happening in rugby in Colorado. Uh, Colorado is one of the states where people are most interested in rugby. There are more people playing. Um, It's just kind of a hub. Uh, Glendale is actually called Rugby Town USA. That is how it is known in the rugby communities. And that's why... Infinity Park in Glendale was designated the Rugby Town National Training Center because they're the home of the USA Eagles men's and women's rugby 15s teams. And right now they're bringing in a whole bunch of athletes from a whole bunch of different sports and teaching them rugby. The idea is that these guys who, you know, they may not have made it to the top level in whatever sport they played. A lot of them played football. A lot of them, you know, they weren't like starters in the NFL But maybe they bounced around for a year or two. Maybe they had some training camp invites. And their athletic career seemed to be over until the USA rugby program said, hey, why don't you come out here and see if you're better at rugby? And that's what's going on. A whole bunch of big names from a whole bunch of big name schools um, are working out right now in Glendale at the Rugby Town National Training Center. And they're trying to become the next big thing in American rugby. If you want to follow along, you can do that with Colton Strickler, our reporter. Um, he has a weekly DMVR Rugby podcast. Um, there's the DMVR Rugby Twitter account. Uh, they're they're really doing a lot of cool things on the rugby side of things, including you know a bunch of 101 Rugby podcasts, um, exclusive interviews with a bunch of the athletes and coaches, um, and you know it, the, the season starts soon, so get ready because you can bet on it too. Um, so there you go. Okay. So, a couple of things that stood out from hearing from Tad. The big one is that he was uh, he was pretty frustrated with that loss. I mean, it's not like a surprise to hear, um, but there are phrases in there that I think that you guys should hear. And who knows, maybe you heard them other places, maybe they're going around Twitter, that kind of stuff, but... You know, in, in the grand scheme of this season, there's a good chance that no matter what happens from this point out, that was the low point of this season. And you should know about the low point, even though it sucks. Um, here are a couple of interesting things Tab Boyle said. Uh, the first thing he said was that he's, uh, he's not sure if he's ever been more disappointed in a loss in his career it's not like a surprise to hear that when you give up a 31, nine run to lose by three points in the final less than eight minutes of a game. But it does come with just a little bit of weight to hear somebody like Tad Boyle, who's been around basketball in a bunch of different capacities for a very long time, say, I'm not sure I've ever been more disappointed in the loss of my career. Um, It's crazy to think still that Colorado is on pace to be a top four seed. And if you're a top four seed in the Pac-12, that means that you get a bye in the conference tournament. Colorado has never done that before. And so for this low point to come right now, when you're still even with the loss sitting in fourth place, it is kind of a strange dynamic because by no means is the season over. I think the new bracketology – uh, yep, let's dig into this. Let's dig into this. um The new bracketology said that they are a 5 seed, and they play, of course, the 12 seed, and the 12 seed was either Minnesota or North Carolina. Not going to lie, both those teams scare me. Maybe North Carolina is just because of the name, but those wouldn't be fun teams to have to play. And then in the in the second round, assuming the 4 seed Chicago Loyola wins... They're playing Chicago-Loyola, and the entire country is rooting against Colorado. Um, again, it's just one bracketology. It's not what's going to happen in March, more than likely at least. But looking at that, like Minnesota's tough. The Big Ten is tough. They play a lot of really tough games, and when you have to play them, you got to bring your best. North Carolina, I mean, it's North Carolina. Loyola-Chicago, everybody wants them to win. Um, so... Uh, there's an interesting note. Getting back to Tad, though, um, you know he, he talked about Alfonso Plummer and the spectacular things that Alfonso Plummer did. I'm not talking about the two points in the first 32 minutes of the game. It's the 21 points in the last like 7:46 or whatever it was in the game that really drove Utah to that win. Um, and what Tad had to say was that. You know, they knew that they had good shooters. They had talked about how you let a team into the game. Um, And I think to him, that's what made it so frustrating. Um, Again, they said there's two ways they can get back in this game. Number one, if we foul them and put them at the foul line. Number two, we let them get hot from three. And as Taboyle said, they did both. And when you do both, you blow whatever lead you had. Um, it's tough. And he talked about Plummer being left-handed and how, you know, the truth is that can be a challenge because you're so used to seeing shots off of the right hand. You're used to right-handed shooters getting to their spots instead of the different spots that the left-handed shooters get to At the same time. As, as he said, you know, scouted them. We know that we, we need to be able to take that away. And, um, yeah, uh, it just really tough, honestly, um, he talked about some of the things that we talked about on the post game show. Um, in particular that when the refs aren't giving you the whistle, you've got to make the shots. And again, Tad Boyle said that bluntly. He said, "We didn't get the whistle, and we didn't make the shots." Like, like that is just so tough. And and a very specifically for Colorado and the way that they like to play. You know, you think of. What is the best thing that can happen for Colorado on offense? Probably McKinley Wright driving to the basket. That's something you want to see a lot of. And why do you like that? First of all, because he's a good finisher, and if there's a big man, he can hit the floater, he can get into the body. He There's, there's a lot of things that he can do when he's driving, but also because he gets fouled a lot when he drives. And, and that makes those possessions even more valuable because you send one of the best free-throw shooters in the conference to the free-throw line. So there's your best option. And I would say that feeding whoever's in the post is probably Colorado's second best option at this point because Evan Batty's playing well. Dallas Walton could still probably take more shots, but he doesn't really miss them. Dryhorn obviously is very capable in the post. And again, what you really like down there with those big guys, especially with who Colorado has, you know, Evan Batty down there banging with the other team's bigs. If you're not getting foul calls there, that's going to hurt. And, and so, when you look at how Colorado's offense works, part of the reason that it, it can be so efficient is that they have that option. Like, they can get fouled and turn those possessions into even easier points. And, and that little perk to the ways that they like to play basketball, combined with the fact that they are the best free throw shooting team in the country, makes them pretty reliant on the free throw line and on the refs to put them there. And... That's kind of what tad said you know if if you're not going to get to the free throw line you you have to put the ball in the hole and and he talked he used that phrase a couple of times put the ball in the hole um, he also brought up the offensive rebounding um so yeah um that's uh that's tough um I did think that those were I don't know I like hearing that Tad Boyle had the same read that I had there's other stuff about. Following three-point shooters, Tad is against that. By the way, um, yeah. So, so those were a couple of notes that we didn't get to on the post-game show. Um, oh, here's one more. Here's here's just the full quote on Keyshawn Bartholomew because that is one of the players who I don't want to say he's like divisive, but you know he's he's a young guy who's gone through a couple of decent stretches and he's struggled often as well. Um, here's what Tad said. I told Keyshawn at halftime, keep playing aggressive on offense. He's a good offensive player. He's good in the pick and roll. He can score and pull up. He's a good shooter. He has to compete on defense, and I thought Keyshawn did that tonight. He gave up a couple on Plummer, I think. Um, You have to look at Deshaun and Maddox and their perimeter defense. I thought in the first half those guys really struggled defensively. Keyshawn, if he'll compete on defense and stay aggressive on offense, he can help this team. If there was a bright spot in tonight's game, and it's hard to look at bright spots after a game like that, but Keyshawn was probably one of them. His defensive intensity level has got to be rock solid. I thought he made a step forward in that tonight. I feel like that's good to pass along. You know, just that there were, there were positive signs to Taboyle from Keyshawn Bartholomew, and it's tough to get a read on something. I mean, he finished the, he finished the game shooting two of eight from three, or sorry, from the field, and the two shots he made were pretty tough. There's still, like, plenty to work on because that was probably his best game. But, you know, the that's why you keep working on it. He's a young player. Um, all right, before we get into all these power rankings, just because, again, a whole bunch of Pac-12, like, pre-spring practice power rankings dropped, uh, I want to give a quick shout-out to our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, Breckenridge Brewery, so many great beers. Um, Whether it's Strawberry Sky, the Colorado Core, the Mango Mosaic, uh, the Mountain Beach. Um, there's there's just so many beers, and I swear you can't find a bad one. Um, even for somebody like me. You know, I don't drink a lot of the heavier beers. I don't drink Porters. I don't drink IPAs, any of that kind of stuff. But the Hot Peak IPA, the Vanilla Porter Jr., those are two of my favorite beers. Uh, again, it's just really good stuff, and Breckenridge just happens to also be the official beer of DMVR. Right now, They have some really cool things going on. There's an ice skating rink set up. Um, It's $3 to skate with your own skates down uh, at the farmhouse in Littleton. It's $6 to skate with a rental. Um, And it's family-friendly, so all ages can skate. There's a free tubing hill. Um, if you want to go, you can sign up on the website. Head to breckenridgebrewery.com to check out the hours of operation. Uh, take the fam, get out of the house, drink delicious beer, and eat some extremely tasted, tasty food while the kiddos stay out of your hair or just get tipsy and embarrass yourself ice skating. Either way, check it out. Enjoy. Okay, so we're just going to climb through all of these. So there's four. There's four power rankings – And three of them are split up into the North conference and the South conference. The other is not. And I really don't care what they have to say about the North conference at this point. Um, Oregon's going to be good. Washington's going to be good. Um, They think maybe Cal could be good. I think Stanford's going to be good. A couple of the power rankings agreed with that. Um, that basically sums it up. Oh, Oregon State, Washington State, not good. Washington State, worse than Oregon State. That's kind of consensus. In the South, things are a lot tighter than they are in the North. I guess maybe like the, the the top of the North, I still think it's Oregon's. I still think it's Oregon's conference, even though technically like Washington won the regular season, all that kind of stuff. Still feels like it's it's Oregon's division up there. Um, Let's start with Athlon Sports. Um, scrolling down to South Division, there we go. So Athlon Sports says, number one is USC. Um, Number two, Arizona State. Number three, Utah. Number four, UCLA. And number five, the Colorado Buffaloes. That, again, like when you first see it, you're like, huh, kind of surprises me because they bring back almost – Everybody who was important last year. Um, they lose Mustafa Johnson. That's a loss. He contributed like three pressures per game, which puts him in the top tier of all defensive linemen in the entire country. Sucks to lose that for sure. Also, you lose Darian Rakestraw, The safety, he's, he's an important piece of the secondary. Um, the, the guys in the defensive backs room, called him like coach and those sorts of things. So he's a loss too, although I do think that he is fairly replaceable. You lose Akil Jones, you have some other options there. Offensively, you lose Will Sherman, you lose Jaron Mangum, you lose Katie Nixon. Not a stretch to say the offense is going to be better next year than it was this year. And I think the same should be said of the defense as well. So, having all that in mind, how does Colorado fall to five? Well, here's what Athlon Sports says. The Buffaloes were the Pac-12's top surprise under new coach Carl Dorrell in 2020. Finishing in the top three of the South Division once again will hinge on navigating a difficult schedule, Texas A&M and Minnesota in non-conference play. So let's just stop right there. Because guess what? Finishing top three in the South Division has nothing to do with those non-conference games against Texas A&M and Minnesota. Back in to finish the sentence. Uh, crossover games against Oregon Washington and road trips to Utah, UCLA, Cal and Arizona state the crossover games against Oregon and Washington. Yes, those are tough. At least, at least you get them at home. The road trips to actually, no, you only get one of those at home. Um, road. Tri- now that I'm, now I'm not sure one, two, three, those are, those are four road games. So yeah, you, you would get those two at home probably um, road trips to Utah, UCLA, California, Arizona state road trip to U- Utah scares me. UCLA, Cal, Arizona State. again; those are good teams. It's a tough schedule. Fifth, though, really, I'm not so sure. Um, talked about Brendan Lewis showing promise. Um, one of the top offensive players returning and running back Jarek Broussard. Um, the lines, a new play caller will take over. A defense gave up 31.7 points a game in 2020. Again, I don't think that that is the right context for what that defense was. I think that there are any number of stats that I think kind of sum things up. I mean, points per game allowed. Can't argue too much with that as a defense, but but really? I don't know. I don't know. Um, so, yeah. And then, obviously, Arizona number six. And that was Athlon Sports. Whew, uh, this is college football news, which I thought – I think it's through USA Today. They have so many of those websites. Um again they have the the Pac-12 north kind of predictable but in the south they have the Utah Utes number 1 which surprises me and but my thing is like I feel like I know a lot about these teams at the same time a lot changes from one season to the next we've gone through a lot of the changes for a lot of these teams in the past on this podcast um, but it is still interesting to read why somebody wants to make a case for Utah number one. And, you know, you stick that in your brain, and when you start to see Utah play well in the first couple of season, you're like, huh, may, maybe he did have a point. And, and what he points to, this is uh, p- 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 really- hmm. Pete Futak. He says, all of a sudden, the quarterback situation is interesting with Baylor veteran Charlie Brewer coming in with a shot to take over right away. Um, talked about some other... Returners who opted out, um, bringing back all five offensive linemen. um The the defensive line needed a year to get back. You know some of that kind of stuff, and and a lot of it makes sense. You know we knew that last year was going to be a down year for Utah. Uh, the, the year before they I think had ten seniors starting on that defense, or it was ten players who went to the draft. I don't know that they were all seniors. When you lose that many players and they lost a lot of guys on the offensive side of the ball as well, you think of Tyler Huntley, you think of Zach Moss. That's like, what? I guess pretty much all of your offense because you're throwing the ball or running the ball. Um, You expected a step back last year. According to this, you know, Utah does have the pieces on the way with a little bit of experience now to be competing for the Pac-12 South title. And I think that they should be competing for the Pac-12 South title. I don't have them as the number one team. What I will say is this though, Charlie Brewer, the quarterback who transferred there from Baylor was one of my favorite quarterbacks before this season, um, before the 2020 season. Uh, I, I I can't remember who I was watching. I'm trying to think there must've been a, Oh, Denzel Mims. That's who it was. Denzel Mims from Baylor who got drafted by, wow. Now I can't even remember. Um, Point is, big time receiver prospect obviously hasn't done much in the NFL. Uh, but when I was going back and watching that, I was really surprised by how much I like Charlie Brewer. He's he's pretty mobile, he's he's a gunslinger, he has like some almost like Baker Mayfield qualities with him. Now, I didn't watch much of Baylor this year, so obviously things didn't go well if he's not going to the draft, and I don't think people really had him going to the draft before this season Um, and the fact that he's transferring. But I will say that I do like the talent there and I think he, they have, they have in my opinion, a better quarterback than they had last year, Jake Bentley. Um, Behind Utah though, number two, USC. Um, Let's just read this first point. Why to be happy. There's still a whole lot of really, really good parts starting with Keaton Slovis at quarterback and with Texas running back Keontae Ingram and wide receiver Katie Nixon transferring in. We're going to pause again right here in the middle of all of this so that I can ask, why did you say Texas running back Keontae Ingram and just say wide receiver Katie Nixon? Maybe it's an oversight. Maybe the writer didn't think that including the word Colorado would make that feel like a big-time signing. I don't know. Again, I don't want to make assumptions, but you could read into that. Just a little bit of a slight to Colorado if you wanted to, and I'm not totally sure you'd be wrong. Um, Yeah, so they're number two. Number three, Arizona State. Uh, Number four, UCLA. And then number five, again, the Colorado Buffaloes. And... You know, it sucks. Um, it, it it sucks that they list them number five. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Um, you can find, I'm pretty sure this one... Oh yeah, so this one makes the point. However, remember, the Buffs didn't play USC, Oregon, or Arizona State and lost to Utah by 17. And that's the type of line that you find in a lot of these. Um, and just to spoil the other one that divided these into Pac-12 North, Pac-12 South also Colorado Buffaloes at number five in the Pac-12 South. And I think that one as well just made the point. It's like, well, they lost to Utah by 17. It's like, yeah, you know, without Nate Landman, and there was a lot of shit going on at that point. And sometimes you don't just look at the score of one game and say, well, that team was much better. If, if you want to look at the score of the Texas game and say, yeah, that team is a lot better, I'll take that. Utah, Utah is beatable. Um, yeah. And, again, a valid point. They didn't play USC. They didn't play Oregon. They didn't play Arizona State. But USC and Arizona State were the ones who backed out. So, I don't know. I don't know. We don't need to go down that road. Um, let's fly through this last one. This one is from Jack Fulman of SportsPack12.com. Um, one, Oregon. Oh, this is this is the entire conference, by the way. This isn't split into north-south. Um, one is Oregon, like I said. Two, Washington. Three USC. Four. The UCLA Bruins. An interesting take there, I may say. Uh, five. Utah. Six. Arizona State. Uh, seven. Stanford. Eight. Oregon State. Again. Huh. Uh, nine. Cal. Ten. Colorado. Washington State and Arizona are the only teams worse than Colorado. That is, that is what's going on there. And uh, it says, I respect Carl Durrell, Colorado, uh, a lot for winning almost every game that was in front of them in 2020. But I think they're more the team that lost to Utah by 17 and got pasted by a very limited Texas team than the one that beat Stanford and UCLA. Still a lot to like in Boulder, though. And I think they could build on the success they had in the 2020 season and, and compete for a bowl game. You know, I just... You, it, it makes you wonder because he here's the line I think they are more the team that lost to Utah by 17 and got pasted by a very limited Texas team than the one that beat Stanford and UCLA and that kind of boils what all of these power rankings are down into one little sentence because it really is you just deciding what you value in terms of what happened last season and I think that a lot of people are looking for reasons to poke holes in Colorado being a good football team. The idea that that is the case. Um, And that means that when you win four games and you lose two, people are going to be looking at the two instead of the four. Um, And I had kind of wondered after the season that we had seen, after we'd seen Sam Neuer play as well as he did, Brendan Lewis play well enough to say that he might actually be the better quarterback of the two uh, Jarek Broussard breaking, I mean, most of the records. Um, oh, and the defense was the strength, and we haven't even talked about You know, you see all that, and you think, maybe now's the time that people start saying, huh, maybe, maybe Colorado has something going there. Turns out that is not the case, and I would advise you all to uh, expect that and understand that, nobody's perspective has really changed of Colorado. um, At least the four people who wrote Pac-12 power rankings in the last few days. Um, Yeah. Is that all my thoughts on that? Is there anything else I want to be bitter about? Oh, let me run through my own rankings. Um, Again, the Pac-12 North, just because I think, honestly, it's kind of straightforward, at least a little bit straightforward. Um, Number one, I do have Oregon. Oregon. You could make a case for Washington. I just don't think it would work. Um, I do think Washington has to be number two. Um, I'm tempted to throw Stanford up there because I think that, again, they have a lot of pieces back. Um, it's just a good, strong program. You know, if you're if you're a better, then maybe you know this feeling where there are some teams you feel good betting on and there are some teams you don't feel good betting on. Stanford is a team I feel good betting on. And I think that they have so many solid pieces in place, like just so many good linemen more than anything, that they'll at least be competitive. And if they do find a decent quarterback or if they do have, you know, the next Christian McCaffrey or whoever. I mean, if they have the next Christian McCaffrey, then throw him in the national title conversation. But if they have just like a good running back, then I, I think that they definitely could challenge Washington for number two and and Oregon for number one as well. And so while I do think that, I, I want to buy some Stanford hype right now. After what we saw last year, you just can't put them any better than third. Behind that, again, I think Oregon State, Washington State, they're they're the bottom of the barrel. And Oregon State edges out Washington State, honestly, just because they beat Oregon this year. And that leaves Cal right in the middle, number four. I mean, Chase Garbers, we getting excited about him at quarterback again? Eh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. Uh, And that's kind of how I feel about that program. Um, In the Pac-12 South, I think things are really tough. You know, I do think that there's a bit of an argument in the North. Oregon, Washington, I'm going Oregon, and I'm feeling good about it. In the Pac-12 South, USC, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah, UCLA. And I think that you can't justify getting USC out of the top two. I'll start there. To me, USC has to be top two on your list just because of what we saw from them last year. They're coming off a conference title. They really didn't lose all that much. I mean, they did. They lost two top 100 picks at receiver. It doesn't matter. They just have so many guys there. I'm, I'm not going to be concerned about USC because they've lost receivers. Um, they bring back both of those running backs who I was very impressed with last year. And just in general, like a bunch of good pieces. On top of that, again, like, they won the division. They have Keaton Slovis, um, the best quarterback. uh, One of the best quarterbacks in the Pac-12. I do think there might be a bit of a debate. Or I should say, I have Jaden Daniels now in the DMVR Madden League. I just happened to, like, draft him in our draft on Saturday. This is, like, three years in the future. And I played the first game, and he went one for five in the red zone. And I'm not going to let that influence my takes on Arizona State, but just know I'm fighting the urge to say some awful things about Jaden Daniels after what he did against the Bengals. Um, but yeah, so so to me, USC can't be outside of the top two. Um, Arizona State, Utah, UCLA, Colorado, I think you could put any of them in any order and justify it. But I do think that Arizona State, again, they have a quarterback, they have Jaden Daniels they have shown positive trends. I think they would have broken out this year if they'd had a normal season. Um we saw the pieces of a very good football team. They I mean they they won a game 70 to 7. That doesn't that doesn't happen against or that doesn't happen for just anybody. Uh that was a good enough sense sure whatever. Um but yeah, I think Arizona State has a whole bunch of pieces I really like. Um Jermaine Lole, so many of those guys. Um I can't even remember which pieces stayed at school in that secondary, but I think that they're a legitimate threat, not just for the Pac-12 title, but with a couple of good breaks, maybe even nationally, maybe just a little bit of a dark horse there if you're a better. Um, yeah. Uh, UCLA, oh, I just don't know. They They did some really good things this year. After starting a little bit slow, they picked it up. You can credit that to to the buffs for slowing them down. You can say that they weren't clicking yet because of the short camp, whatever. Um, I just don't trust Dorian Thompson Robinson yet, and and maybe that's not fair because he has certainly gotten better. It just turns the ball over a little bit too much. Just doesn't make enough of the 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 plays, the winning plays. I think you need in tight games. Um, could change though because he is explosive and he does seem like he he could figure it out. He could figure it out. Everything could click and they'd be off and running. I put UCLA especially because Demetric Felton is gone. I think they just got transferred. Now that I think of it, oh oh, from Michigan maybe. Um, a running back whose name I can't remember, but but he will be exciting especially because he probably transferred there thinking he's going to be the new Demetric Felton. And Demetric Felton was one of the most valuable players in the entire conference. So if, if that all works out and he pops and whatever, then UCLA, I mean, they could win this conference. I'm going to have them fifth just because I think all of this is so tight. Um, I'm going to go USC, Arizona state, Colorado, Utah, UCLA, Arizona in the South. And I'm going to honestly feel pretty good about it. Um, So those are some of my power rankings. Those are what the rest of the internet is saying about your Colorado Buffaloes. And um, once again, I just want to remind you people aren't going to say good things about the Colorado Buffaloes on the internet. Don't go there. Just don't look because people aren't going to buy it until something. I don't even know what has to happen, but the time has not come yet. Um, so be aware. I think that's going to do it for today. Uh, I should be back tomorrow with another podcast. We'll have Ben on on Wednesday. There's a basketball game Thursday. Um, you know, it, it's it's about to pick up the rest of this week with basketball games, with hopefully a new inside linebackers coach, hopefully a new tight ends coach at some point in the next few days. Uh, and who knows what other news could break. Um, so, yeah. Uh I'll see you guys tomorrow.
0: I think they like my Colorado sway. Cause when I'm in a play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Holland a books with my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway, my Colorado sway like I think they like my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, might not swear, I think they like my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, yeah. is pushing 180, 80. speed and pad competence, and see you later, baby, baby. Colorado on me, with soldiers like the Navy, yeah. and is where we stationed, patiently awaiting, Whoa. when I hit the field, it's so hard to behave, yeah. I'm Colorado swagging as the crowd do the wave, look into my eyes, I and tell it to afraid, uh-huh. cause you know we finna hit ya, hit ya, hit ya, hit ya. Hey. Hey. you on your own now, Why you watching the official, yeah. you just better hope you make it to the next whistle, God. and we you playing with ya, you can get it anytime, yeah. it started. at flatline, no revival Get them bucks, get them bust, Mess them up, we say we got them. If we 'em when we see 'em. then we'll get them When we see them, then I we mean, out like my Colorado sway. Cause when I'm in that play. Like my Colorado sway, cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when i minute in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Hollin get a books with my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway, my Colorado sway. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado sway, my Colorado sway, my Colorado sway. Mine I swear, I think they like my Colorado sway.